This is the AMA Los Angeles podcast. Welcome to the AMA Los Angeles podcast. I'm Joel Metzger. We're in the offices of Highlink today in Santa Monica, and I have to clarify Santa Monica because they have offices in Beijing, Shanghai, Seoul, and five other cities that uh, I'm going to attempt to pronounce. Guangzhou. Guangzhou. Chengdu. Yeah, that's right. Chengdu. Okay. Uh, Xi'an. Xi'an. Shenzhen. Oh, that, yep. Okay. Shenzhen. And Hangzhou. 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 You've passed your Mandarin lesson. Okay. I'm here with Humphrey Ho, managing partner of Highlink. Welcome, Humphrey. Thank you, Joel. Good to be here. And hello to the AMA. Let's start off with a thumbnail of the company history and just what led up to the LA office. Sure. So Highlink's been around in Beijing and most of the rest of China since 1994. So we are a 23-year-old company. What prompted us to move from China to Los Angeles, which is our international headquarters, is really sort of two things. Firstly, um, we understand that a lot of clients have requirements here for the Chinese market. So they want to have an agency closer to them. They want to have an agency that understands the Chinese market. And they also want an agency that works with their agencies based here in the United States. So that's for the first reason why we're here. Second reason is that the uh, Highlink has a lot of clients in China uh, domestically. We've got about 300 plus clients amongst split amongst our 15 offices in China alone. Um, and so many of them have been looking to expand either to the United States, to North America, or to other markets that digital, because we are a pure digital agency in China, can touch just simply being in the United States using major Western platforms in Australia, you know, in Europe, et cetera. And so that kind of explains our existence. There is one thing I want to tell the folks, and I, I'm sure a few of them know at the AMA. We're not here as that yet another one of those other hundreds of agencies competing domestically in the U.S. market. We're here to bring Chinese expertise with a very large 2,300-person, 15-office endpoint in China to the U.S. Well, tell me about some of your clients. Sure. So we have a lot of clients with multi-year relationships. In fact, be- being independent. So one more thing that we are is we're an independent agency network rather than being you know, owned by the holding groups, which is a big deal. Clients tend to stick a little longer. So uh, our, our hero client is Shanghai General Motors. So they've been with us for this is the 14th year they've been with us. We've had General Mills. We have Procter & Gamble in China. Uh, we also do cars, automotive clients, Mercedes-Benz. We do smart, a uh, few local Chinese brands as well. Um, and then we also have financial services in China, so banks, um, and also tech companies. And so our clients really run the gamut um, in, in China. And all of them come to us because being the largest digital agency in China, we have the expertise, the buying power, as well as the creative horsepower to help execute their campaigns in the Chinese market. I assume there's a high-link philosophy. What, what would the philosophy be, and does it get adjusted for America at all? So actually, there are four Chinese words that have guided the entire company. It comes from our founder. Really, it translates into smart thinking equals infinite possibilities. And so what that means is digital allows for infinite possibilities as it is. You know, it can be a banner ad. It can be a social campaign. It can be a video. Really, there are no real restrictions on endpoints. You just have to be smart about how you approach it. And so we've consistently contributed to the digital advertising industry in China by being on certain committees and councils. Uh, We are the founding member of the IAB in China, for example. And this actually 
guides sort of high link where um, not only do we have, you know, are we smart about the way that we approach our problems? The other thing that guides us actually is this one PNL issue. So the only wallet I ever have to watch out for, and the founder always tells me this, don't worry about it. As long as you watch out for my wallet, everything is good. Independent agencies inherently are able to react much quicker to changing environments, to client requests, to competitor threats much quicker because our philosophy is it's one office. So for example, our American clients today, which we have a few, they come to us in Los Angeles. They don't come to us to do the actual execution. They come to us for some of the planning, the partially some of the media buying, and, a lo- and definitely a lot of market strategy. But when it comes to, hey, it's time to buy those banner ads, it's time to do the video, any other agency would say, hey, um, well, now I have to engage another office. There's another set of fees. There's another set of profit margins that are involved. Because we're independent, that work will go to Shanghai or that work will go to Beijing, whichever office is closest to what our client needs to touch their consumer. And it's all done as if to the client it is one team. It's kind of like um, cloud computing or internally, which is a very bad philosophy to explain, we behave like a blob. Okay. That's the uh, philosophy. Tell me about your ambitions. The ambitions for Highlink's office here in Los Angeles is um, quite simple. We're here to help American clients, and we're also here to work with American agencies who want to do better in China. China is no longer that market that you build it, they will come. Short of maybe a couple of high-growth industries, you now have to compete. Now, one has to ask themselves. Do I have the infrastructure from a marketing and advertising perspective to support me locally in market? I mean, if you're an automotive client, yeah. If you're an FMCG, sure. But if you're a family-owned brand, which we have a lot in the United States that are multi-billion dollars, if you're a venture cap brand, or if you're an independent agency yourself in the United States and you have many, many years of being in the U.S. and your clients trust you, you're their trusted advisor here, We need to work together for two reasons. Your clients trust you, if you're an agency, to give them the good advice for China, which is likely their second largest or currently their most important market. Being 2,300 people, we're not going anywhere. Being locally in China, we have the local market insight. Secondly, we have client requirements coming inbound from China today. They want to advertise. Chinese brands want to advertise in the United States. We equally are trusted by those brands who are headquartered in Beijing and Shanghai and Shenzhen and Guangzhou who are now coming this way. And as I said, we're not here to compete. You won't catch me making a banner ad in the United States or you won't catch me making a billboard in the United States. So we need to work with like-minded partners just as much as we need, of course, like-minded clients who want to do good work in China and to compete properly to their consumers locally in market. For a company that is looking to work with a Chinese or any overseas company that's trying to get a foothold here in the U.S., what are some challenges you think that they're bound to face? That's the thing. There are virtually very few, except the language, of what is Chinese in American culture. Direct. Uh, get it done. Deliver. Uh, do it or we'll see. Maybe. A lot talk is free. Talk is cheap. Um, you know, it's all about the cash. Uh, and, and more importantly... It is a delivery-oriented and meritocracy-based culture. Uh, Both sides actually have very few differences, and we spend a lot of time educating our clients that, you see, when they do this, they're actually just doing what you're doing with this, and there's this head nod, oh, I get it. That's the first thing. 
you need to see the similarities between uh, both cultures. Secondly, sometimes it requires an out-of-body experience, you know, not, not, the, not the trippy kind, but it requires an out-of-body experience in understanding who your consumer is. Your consumer is inherently going to be a Chinese consumer. They're buying your products locally in China, or they're coming here to consume your products and services. So what is the equivalent of a social media platform like a Facebook? What is that in China? What is a, a, a portal in China look like to your consumers? And so if you are capable of taking that leap of faith and understanding them, in which we spend a lot of time training and educating our clients besides doing the actual work itself, you will succeed tremendously. Otherwise, working with us, well, don't be fooled by the accent, but I'm, I'm from this part of town. Um, and so we don't have any cultural barriers in working with our clients. And that ex is exactly why we set up in the U.S., in L.A., and most of our staff, as you look around, are American they're the people that take leap of faith. They've been around the world. They've seen it. They have very close family or friends, or they have personal experiences or educational experiences in Asia or globally, and they're capable of taking leaps of faith. And so when it comes to talking to clients, they're still talking it from it from the perspective of, hey, grew up in Texas, grew up in Connecticut, grew up in New York, grew up in L.A., but they're capable of equating to client experiences. Have you ever run into this? I, In my experience, I've I've noticed uh, Los Angeles can be a little Angelino-centric, like they don't really care what you did in Miami or Chicago or even New York. Uh, they just want to know what you've done here. Have you run into that at all? Yes. Um, like every city. So I'm going to put this in perspective. New Yorkers will say, yeah, it's not how we do it in New York. Los Angeles has told me this is not how we do this in Los Angeles. Just as if you ever show up in Shanghai, they'll say, well, we're, we're not like those people in the capital. And if you go to Beijing, they'll say, oh, we're not like the people down in Shanghai. They're far too transactional or far too short-sighted. Or we're not the factory. We're not down in Shenzhen. It is the exact same kind of mindset everywhere in the world. I have been told this. I have been told that this is not how we do things in America. And at that point, I have a point. To, I have a bone to pick because... Just like every other upstanding, tax-paying California corporation here, we're here to create U.S. jobs, as everybody is. We're here to create an opportunity and a bridge, as I think a lot of AMA members seek, especially with China. And more importantly, yes, it is not how we do business in China. And China is not how we do business in Los Angeles. But in order to succeed with your product or service, we have taken a leap of faith by being in Los Angeles and have truly been part of the culture here, as it is necessary for a lot of companies here in the U.S. to sort of understand the mindset of how to do business in China and how to succeed in China. Otherwise, as I said, since we don't compete, you've got your backyard, which is the U.S., and we've got our backyard, which, which is China, and we're here to work with like-minded people. Well, who do you want to be talking to? Who do you want to work with? So we want to talk to other independent agencies. Now, again, back to that whole Los Angeles thing. They don't have to be in Los Angeles. And in fact, independent agencies are all over the map. They're in San Francisco. They're in New York. They're in Texas and, and, and Illinois. We've had a lot of luck in speaking to people who want to work with us, again, because they have clients that the China solution, how do we advertise in China, is actually burning them now. It used to be they were the second or the third largest. Now it's like if you want to win the global pitch, 
you're going to have to answer the China question. So we want to be there to answer that question so that you can win domestically in the United States. We have no interest in knowing that. And so we want to work with progressive people. We want to work with people who have diverse backgrounds and are you know, accepting um, in terms of having a partner that is new to them, of course. We're, we're, we're new to a lot of people. But through the work, uh, it's all about the work. And so those people as well. Specifically for advertising, what are some cultural, pop cultural differences to be aware of? Like, for example, uh, humor that doesn't translate to China and Chinese humor that doesn't translate to America. Is there anything like that? China has a lot of what we call otaku humor, which is super dry uh, gamer humor. I don't think that's popular here in in the U.S. yet. It's obviously popular amongst esports fans, but it isn't really popular as a, a popular culture. Obviously, the celebrities that they follow are a little bit different. So pop culture is, whereas you see a lot of South Korean pop bands dancing on Santa Monica Beach and filming their next music video in China, they watch it, consume it in the millions, and then there's products inserted into it. So those are their celebrities versus here. It's just they're a bunch of tourists dancing on the beach. So that's sort of the difference. However, the one thing I do want to stress is this. The American dream is alive and well in China to have two children, which is now finally possible to drive a Buick, to own a house that isn't next door to anybody, to be able to you know, even support one's parents or stay away from them as far as possible, to be able to travel on every single holiday is alive and well in China. That's why you see so many families here traveling in the United States. That's why Buick is the in a downturn of the automotive industry in China now, so there's negative growth in China for the last few years. Um, Buick is the number one brand and also has been growing in double digits. It is because the American dream is truly alive and well. And for brands and agencies and folks who want to sell the LA dream, LA fashion, LA culture, LA style, the American dream in general, uh, you know, what is you know, Eastern culture or Eastern seaboard culture, um, I think it's time to do that now. How do you go about making content as universal, globally universal as possible is there a set of questions and filters, or is it kind of a gut thing? Good point. So unlike a lot of big idea agencies um, here in the U.S., um, they came up with, they, they interview a few people. There's a lot of sort of institutional knowledge inside that agency that guides how their consumer is and what it looks like. In China, for us, at least, it's all about data. So we're the only company that enjoys having access to data from all of Baidu, Alibaba, Tencent, and Sina. Um, all of the four major internet owners in China. So if a client came to us and they said, well, how does my 27 to 32-year-old mother want to consume products or buy for their children? We can tell them, well, there's this many expectant mothers. There's this many mothers who clearly have children three to five years old based on the data. And this is what they would like to because of their browsing history, their search history, et cetera. And that's how we approach then putting big ideas around it. So we've effectively pulled sometimes tens of thousands. Uh, others, we've pulled tens of millions of users and to get their understanding. It's a little bit different in China. Let's talk about the future. As everything gets more and more globalized, what do you see on the horizon as far as unexplored areas, blue sea kind of uh, areas? Sure. So other opportunities that exist here today, um, us being in LA, we have a very, very unique advantage and unique perspective, is entertainment. So this has been growing in China for a long time. You'll see a lot of investors in films that are Chinese investors that have come here to invest in films to bring it home to China. 
Um, I think you'll start seeing opportunities in content co-development all the way at the phase when it's still an idea or a storyboard because that allows for an extension on many platforms, merchandising, IP products, etc. I think that is an opportunity that Los Angeles is uniquely capable of cap- capitalizing on. Um, the second, of course, is just you know, mobile. There's going China's already mobilized. I mean, 80% of all consumer decisions are made on a smartphone. There can't just be more. Luckily for us, there can just be more people who want a smartphone in China. So I think the opportunity to guide and influence decision on mobile making is important. The third is, I think, the upcoming trend of what is this Chinese traveler being an American consumer uh, perspective. Chinese tourists have come in record and will continue to come in record regardless of situation, political situation over the next few years. And so brands effectively capitalizing on them when they travel through San Francisco, when they travel through New York, when they travel through Los Angeles is going to be critical because they can generate a tremendous number of sales when you have millions of tourists doing the same thing. Well, this is the AMA podcast. Have you worked with anyone uh, at the AMA? Or have they ever helped you before? We have. So shout out to Mathis and Patestia. So I've worked with Flavia Arsenault. They, uh, I met her two years ago now at uh, the AMA Christmas dinner. And um, she has been our recruiter of record uh, for these last couple of years. We've gone nowhere else, and she's found us people that just fit into our organization. A lot of people in our company here are, are, are through her, and she has been that progressive, open-minded person, uh, but clearly is just so very loving of our culture and, 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 you know, says a lot about the recruitment industry when you say someone actually loves your company and not just wants to drop someone on your doorstep. So we've worked with um, Flavia and Mathis and Patestio uh, throughout the years now. What do you think they could do more? I think the AMA can learn a chapter of how to cater to Chinese business, not just catering to Chinese business, but catering to business that is from elsewhere. We have also met with folks that very good at what they do in Los Angeles or very powerful on the Western seaboard or used to be very, very interesting all over the U.S. However, it is time to collaborate with not just Chinese business, but with businesses from other countries that are born somewhere else. It's not unlike the immigrant culture that we have here in the United States. We have to open the doors to let opportunity come in rather than shut it out. Again, it goes back to your end. This is not how we do things in Los Angeles question. No one's ever said this is not how we do things in America to anybody. It's just, it's not how we do it in this city. That's correct. So long as you can sort of fit in, dress, and be part of the business culture and, and give back to the, the city, I think that serves enough to be part of the business community. What's more important, I think, to AMA members is how can you work with other Chinese and or multinational companies to tap into those markets? Because There's a lot more to see besides Los Angeles. This has really been a lot of great information. How can people find out more about Highlink? www.highlinkgroup.com is our website. Um, That tells you a lot more about who we are, what we do, and all the great cases that we update all the time. And that's H-Y-L-I-N-K. H-Y-L-I-N-K. Humphrey Ho, Managing Partner of Highlink, thanks so much for being on the AMA Los Angeles podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to the AMA Los Angeles podcast. For more information on the American Marketing Association's Los Angeles chapter and to find out about upcoming events, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. This podcast was produced by Joel Metzger and Icebox Logic.